0: just to, uh, I want to read a portion of Scripture from Matthew chapter eighteen, and so if you have your Bibles, I invite you to turn there with me, chapter eighteen and verse twenty one Then Peter came to Jesus and asked, "Lord, how many times shall I forgive my brother or sister who sins against me up to seven times? Jesus answered, "I tell you not seven times." but seventy-seven times. Therefore, the kingdom of heaven is like a king who wanted to settle accounts with his servants. As he began the settlement, a man who owed him ten thousand bags of gold was brought to him. Since he was not able to pay, the master ordered that he and his wife and his children and all that he had be sold to repay the debt. At this, the servant fell on his knees before him. Be patient with me, he begged. until he should pay back all he owed. This is how my Heavenly Father will treat each of you unless you forgive your brother or sister from your heart. The word of the Lord.
1: Wow, that's quite a heavy, isn't it? Well, hopefully, um, as I try to unpack some of this for you today, that... uh, some of that heaviness will go away, and we'll have a better understanding of what's being said in these passages and the importance of them. Uh, and the heaviness and the emphasis that's there is because of its importance. And it's given a message to a certain group of people that now we have access to read uh, in Matthew. And I'll say more about that, but it, it highlights the fact that Pastor Norb already, already noted that uh, there's a lot of stuff in this, you know... Forgive us our debts, as we forgive our debtors. And we, we maybe you say the Lord's prayer on a regular basis, or maybe you had in the past, or you're at least aware of it. It, it rolls off your tongue fairly quickly, and then you're done, and you can go and and do whatever it else that you need to do with the rest of your life. And uh, forgive us our debts, as we forgive our debtors. Amen. Praise God. Let's go home. Where's the brunch? Let's go. Uh, but in that, there's a lot. In fact, in Matthew, we'll find that that uh, he pauses on that. But I recognize that there's a lot that surrounds this idea of forgiveness. And what does it mean, forgiveness in in itself? And what is God's forgiveness about? And and how is it that we're supposed to forgive others? And how does that all fit together? And what does it mean when it says that, you know, in the end of this parable, that, that, uh, you know, in anger the king did this and sent him off to be tortured by the jailers. And God's going to do the same to us if we don't forgive um you know there's obviously a lot going around here and I'm not going to have time to talk about it all today and I recognize that and hopefully you recognize that we're only going to look at a highlight a couple of things and so I'm going to miss stuff uh, that needs to be talked about and um it's it, it's interesting you know pastor Norb noted that that uh, we've been talking about the Lord's prayer this little section of the of the bible for well we started at, I think it started at the end of December and we've been talking about that and we're still talking about it And some of you are perhaps thinking, when are we going to get to something different? Um, And yet, I might say, well, actually, what we should have done is just talked about forgive us our debts as we forgive our debtors for that long. And we still wouldn't have unpacked everything that's in there. Um, And it's a reminder, again, that 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 it's good to get overview and summary, but it's also good to to pause on sections sometime and and look at them again and talk to people about them and pray about them and read other passages that relate, like the one that uh, Pastor Norb read. Um, and so hopefully we recognize that, that I'm only going to look at one small part. I don't have all the answers, um, but I'm going to try and provide some, some thoughts and direction of this. If we step back just for a minute, let me just say this, that the, this, the prayer that's being done in the Lord's Prayer, in this prayer, forgive us our debts as we forgive our debtors, is actually quite simple and quite straightforward. Like most of the Bible, the message of the Bible is, is very simple. Um, it's not complex. There are a lot of stories around it that you can follow and read, but it's a very simple message in the end. Uh, so it doesn't have to be complex. But at the same time, there are nuances to our lives, and our lives are complex, and that's often why the, that's why the Bible is as thick as it is, and it's not even covering all the bases, it's telling all these different stories of different people and you know uh, what they did and how they lived this out or didn't live this out, and what happened as a result of that. Uh, and you recognize as you do that that that. Um, In all of this, it's quite simple. Jesus boiled it down like this. You have the whole Old Testament, which forms a big bulk of of the Bible. And a lot of us don't, unfortunately, turn to the Old Testament anymore, because that's old. We like the New Testament. carry around little New Testaments or whatever. Um, But there's a lot of important stuff there. But Jesus summarized it in a few sentences. Love God and love your neighbor. That's, that's all it, it, it was saying in the entire Old Testament. Really? Uh, love God and love your neighbor? Yes, it's, it's, it's quite simple. But how does, it, how does loving God work out in all of life, and the complexity of life that we face? What does it mean to love your neighbor when you face some people who are not very nice and uh, sometimes you're not so nice? And how does that work? And that's where the stories come. They, they, they say, well, let me tell you a story. This person did it this way and here's what happened. Today, the, the, the stories and the, the focus is around forgiveness. And it's, again, it's quite simple. Um, God has forgiven us. Everything. And I shared in November my own story of, of my own journey with God and, and discovering when I give God the, the brokenness of, of life, God gives you back amazing things. We don't, we're not obli- we don't have to bring much to God, just who we are and what we are. And God forgives everything, and this extends to all people, and I'll say more about that uh, as, as we go along here. But it, it extends to all people, and, and in that, there's just this little message that says there's this forgiveness there, but apparently there were problems with how people lived, and that parable is a funny illustration. It's meant to be funny in some ways, and I'll, I'll highlight that. There's some Simpson-like episodes in the, in the middle of it. Um, but it's just meant to, to illustrate in a funny way how can people who have received this forgiveness then go and not forgive other people? Um, Well, the reality is life is complex. And again, I'll I'll, I'll unpack that as we go along. Uh, But there are also some people who want to sort of play games or look for loopholes and go, okay, well, I'll, you know, I'll, I'll whatever, I'll I'll try and trick God and so I can, you know, I can get forgiveness, but I don't have to give it. Uh, You know, I'll I'll, I'll let the king forgive me all my debts. And then I'll go and ask someone who owes me a little bit, you know, give it to me. And I, my debts were forgiven. He can't come back and, and uh, reestablish a debt. Well, the story says that he can. So, uh, <laughs> so if you're looking for loopholes, if you're looking for ways around it, then the message comes down fairly strong. And I think uh, that the, the, the community of Matthew was having some problems with forgiveness. They were having some problems with with that. And so the start of that parable that Pastor Norbred was just Peter talking to Jesus. And it's probably familiar to all of us. Lord, how many times should I forgive someone who, who repetitively does things against me that hurt me? Seven times? That's a lot. Have you ever forgiven someone for doing something to you over and over seven times? It's not easy. And what's the answer? Well, there are debates as to the numbers, and, and uh, Sid and I will you know, sit down with you at a table later and talk about the nuances of the Greek that's there. Uh, the, the translation that, that Pastor Norb read said 77 times. Others, it's 70 times 7. The point is, no, it's a whole lot more than that. Uh, forgiveness is simply about forgiving. It's not counting, okay, I've done it five times and that's it. Uh, there aren't numbers attached to it. And then it does that whole parable. It, in, in this passage uh, in the Lord's Prayer, we actually get interrupted with a section as it's finishing up the Lord's Prayer before it's continuing what it's, it comes back to this idea of forgiveness and repeats the same message again. So what's very clear is there was something going on. People were in that community, were not forgiving other people who had done things, perhaps serious things against them. And so you get this message. It's only in Matthew that you'll find this emphasis about this side of forgiveness. One of the interesting things here too, and the, and Pastor Norb and 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 uh, Doctor Sid have. Uh, is that okay if I call you Doctor Sid? You can just call me Kyra You can call me Doctor Kyra if you want. I don't know what that means, but uh, you know, give me a glove and I'll show you how doctors work No, I'm not that kind of a doctor. It's different. It's different. Uh, well, what was I going to talk about here again? Oh yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah that's right. Sorry, I get off on these tangents here. The link, the it's been emphasized by them the fact that you're praying this prayer. You're, you know, as it says, go and close the door and pray to your father in secret. But most of the prayer is about life. It's not about what you're saying in the room. It's about how you're living outside of that, right? And that's been emphasized in in terms of how the kingdom works and and. Uh, and Dr. Sid uh, emphasized to us the fact that, that kingdom, living the kingdom and God's kingdom coming is about living how you live and treat other people here now. It's not all just some future reality. Um, and Pastor Norb uh, last week uh, emphasized the, about the daily bread, as that also relates to, it's not just a prayer, give us our daily bread, help us meet our needs, but about the fact that we might have our needs met. He used an illustration of we have two loaves. And they're not both for us. We're actually given two loaves because the person beside us was also praying for loaves. You just happen to be the one who received them, and you need to share that. So how you live. And this prayer, uh, this section of the prayer with regard to forgiveness encapsulates that. Because you're not just in there praying, Lord, forgive me, but it's forgive me in the same way that I'm forgiving others as I'm out living my life. So it's about it's about life and how we live. Um, and prayer is that. Prayer isn't, you know, you don't have to come up with special language to talk to God. You know, Oh, thee who art greatest above all. Uh, you know, and, and start getting flowery language and fancy language because now you're talking to God. It's, it's about being real and opening your heart up and saying, Here I am, God, and here are some things that are going on in my life, and here are some people I'm concerned about, and I just want to offer it to you. And again, prayer is all, it's, it's quite simple. It's just you talking to God. And we're given a model here in the Lord's Prayer by Jesus of some, some important facets to the things we pray. Let me talk a little bit about some of the background of these passages. And I'm not going to do a lot of that, but I mentioned the word Greek. You know, and uh, most of us, I think, are aware that the Bible wasn't written in English. And it wasn't written to 21st century Canadians, uh, even if the version you have, and I, I don't see many people with a print version. I usually carry this around with me every Sunday and you see me looking. And sometimes I'm looking at the Greek text just to check out what the pastor's saying and, you know, whether he's right. It always is. It's always good. It's always a pleasure to to sit uh, but there, the, 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 the terms here, there are actually a number of terms that are used when we, when we talk about That's why we keep switching between debts and sins and, and transgressions and other such, because there are actually different words that are used at different times. Matthew used two, uses two different words. One is, is sort of a false step or a violation or wrongdoing. Uh, we often translate that as an, 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 an offense, creating an offense against someone um, and then the other one is, is often translated as debts, because it actually means debt, what you owe. Uh, and both of those words are used by Matthew when it talks about this. And then in the parallel passage in Luke, it talks about sins, uh, and also in the, uh, the passage that, that uh, in chapter 18. So you get three different words that are talking about this. And what that says for me, sometimes you can sort of focus on the Greek word and go, okay, well, there's some things we can learn here that our one English word doesn't help us understand the breadth of what's going on. In this case, I think rather than chase down all the different meanings of these words, I think the, the core of what could be said about that is that um, the focus is on the fact that something's been done against you in, in the instance that we're focusing on, you know, against God. Uh, there, it's talked about and it's likely that Some of this is trying to translate an Aramaic term that Jesus was using because likely he spoke Aramaic, not Greek. And if that confuses you more, then then welcome to the world of the New Testament, right? You have Jesus probably speaking Aramaic, which is a dead language, although it's been somewhat revived uh, by some people. And and then it's translated into Greek, and then it was translated into English. And and I always find it funny when people say, well, what exactly did Jesus say? Well, do you want to hear it in Aramaic? Uh, it's not going to help us, right? And, and ultimately, the, um, you know, chasing after it on, on that level doesn't help. It, it. But it is good to know, to remind ourselves that, that uh, this was written in a different language and, w- and another translated language. So the, the three different words are trying to get at this fact that when you do something against someone, you owe them. You've done a wrong. There's some kind of payback. Even if that payback is just, or that, 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 uh, uh, that re- repayment is just simply I'm sorry. Something is owed for that debt. Uh, That's what it's it's conveying, and that's what it's dealing with in these passages. And so in the midst of this, uh, again, I would suggest the focus is not on that. And the word I'm going to use is is debts. I think that uh, rather than talk about sins and trying to weigh how do you forgive people's sins, uh, uh, and, I'll, and I'll say a little bit more about that n- later in the message. Um, but for me, the word debts is the best way to c- capture this for us. Someone owes you something, and, or we owe God something. But I'm going to focus on the, on the human side more so today because of, of what is being said in, the, in that passage. So uh, in, in the, the prayer itself, you have forgive us our debts as we have forgiven our debtors. And then it interrupts, as I said, the flow of, of this whole section that it's talking about in chapter 6 by coming back to this. So it, it talks about what Pastor Norb is going to go into next week about the, the, and lead us not into temptation, but deliver us from the evil one. And then it interrupts that and says, for if you forgive men when they sin against you, your heavenly Father will also forgive you. Okay, I already said that in the prayer, and now it's repeating it. As kind of a side note, and it's still not done yet. But if you do not, so it now makes the whole thing negative, if you do not forgive uh, men their sins, pe- this translation is men, I apologize. You don't just have to forgive men. Sometimes ladies occasionally do things wrong and you have to forgive them as well. Um, people is probably a better translation for that. Uh, your Father will not forgive your sins. And and so, like the ending of that parable, it's 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 fairly heavy. It's fairly repetitive. There's a message that we need to get here, uh, is what it's saying. And, and as I said, it indicates that there was a there was a problem in the community, but it also indicates that this is a this is a human issue, and we don't get it as humans. And so it's repeating it, so we'll get it. It repeats it several times. Uh, ultimately. These passages just make clear that a relationship exists between God's forgiveness and our forgiveness. It doesn't mean that they're parallel and that we need to be God. And again, I'll say more about that as as we go along in this. Um, But just the fact that there's there's obviously a connection and it it does say that in fairly strong ways. If you can't do that, then God won't do that for you. Which is kind of funny because the parable actually is more correct to to life. God's already forgiven us. and then it's usually, then we, we, we're the ones who slip up and start uh, strangling our, our neighbor who owes us something. Who, who laughed, by the way, about strangling your neighbor? That's good, that's good. Yeah. Good sense of humor there. That's great. I like interaction too. when uh, Talking, I don't like to be the one who has everything to say. If you ever have a question when I'm talking, you can raise your hand and I might actually acknowledge it. That would take us back to the classroom. Now remember, cl- classes take longer. We're gonna, I'm, gonna, I'm keeping this shorter. So uh, the more questions we ask, the longer it will take. But feel free to talk to me afterwards or, or whatever. Um, I want to say a, a couple things about the meaning of the word to forgive as well here. Here. Um, the The Greek word, which we translate is forgiven forgive is a is a good term, but I think as an English term it 's become loaded with a lot of stuff and it 's a fairly heavy term to think about forgiving people. How do I forgive someone and and uh, and, we, and uh, like I said, we often then try and be be like God in terms of how God forgives and in some ways that's good, and, you know the love and the forgiveness of God is modeled for us but the idea that we decide whether someone truly repented or whether we know their hearts and and, you know somehow we we start trying to play the God role and that that becomes problematic and and for me the word forgiveness brings all of that. So how about I suggest another term that we use? The, the, The Greek term that behind there simply means to release. When we say forgive, the origin of even the English forgive just means to release, to let go. Right? So so the, the Greek word aphiemi is the, is, the, is the term. And now you're excited. You have it now something to talk to people about parties. Hey, do you know what the Greek term for afiemi, or for, for forgiveness is? Aphiemi. Isn't that great? You want to hear not something else? And people are all gone. You're like, what? I was talking about Greek terms to you. Nobody knows this stuff. But it just means to just let go, right? Just release it. And that's, that's the language that I'm going to... I'm going to use when I talk about this, and that's uh, thus the title of it: uh, is the freedom of letting go. Uh, right. So let's just take the forgiveness out of our vocabulary. We'll talk about God forgiving us and us letting go of things with regard to other people. And the, this focus on the human realm, ultimately, what it's coming down to, and what this is all talking about, is the human demand for payback. And. Our society is is full of it. I mean, I, I actually look at our society and I, I wonder. And we're all part of it. It's not like we're looking at society going, "Oh, bad society." We're we're all part of our world, our culture, all, our society, and we're we're driven by this need to make people pay. I mean, look at the well, and guys in particular, I suppose, are more problematic. Look at the heroes that we have, starting with Rambo, and he's still uh, that character, although Stallone is doing something different, but, you know, always paying back that person. What's the new movie that's coming out with, um, uh, shoot, I forget his name, but there's a, there's a whole series, um, Die Hard, yes, thank you, see, we're in tune here, Die Hard, the new movie, Die Hard, come back, you know, we, we like the heroes who go and get the bad guy, right, and make sure they're pounded into submission or blown up or something, and then we're like, yes! And it's entertaining. I mean, that's the world we live in, and that's part of my culture. But when you step back from it, uh, you know, fine. It's, you know, movies, entertainment, whatever you think of it, maybe they're, maybe it's not good to focus on that too much. But the reality is we're, we're focused on payback. Got to get them. Don't let anyone get away with anything. If they've done something to you, Hope someone pays them back somehow, right? If you can't do it, hopefully the big, strapping, strong hero does it. You know, whether it's Schwarzenegger or uh, Sylvester Stallone, or who's the who's the big hero in, in uh, Bruce Willis? Yeah, yeah, yeah. All getting old. Our heroes are all these old guys who <laughs> whose muscles are down here now. <laughs> but that's that's the world we live in, and so perhaps for us this message is more important than ever of of the need to let go, to let go. And again, I'm going to clarify as we go along a little bit between this idea of making sure people pay and letting go and what's at work. And we we don't have time to unpack it all here, as as I've said. But our society is so full of anger. We're a society that by and large, we've got, I mean, give us this day our daily bread, that prayer. How many of us wake up in the morning and go, what am I going to eat today? Now, some people do in our world, and we need to be very attuned to that, but most of us don't. I mean, I, I'm not a rich person by any stretch of the imagination. Um, never really been paid well. Uh, but I don't ever wake up going, what, am I? I used to be like, what do I want to eat now? What What's my choices? Well, I don't want that. I had that three times now. Um, this idea that, that we're searching for something. I mean, we're, we're just so rich in so many ways compared to the rest of the world. We've got so much. We should be happy. We should be the most joyful place in the world, but instead we seem to be full of anger and angst and, and stress to the max. And, and I'm not sure why it all is. I mean, I can point to some things. And again, we're not, we're not dealing with that today, so I'm not unpacking it. But the reality is we're an angry society and we, we want to make sure people pay for what they do. And sadly, whether it's true or not, stereotypically, people perceive Christians as on the forefront of that. You know, Churchgoers are seen as as those who are full of bitterness and uh, who live narrow, unhappy lives and are upset by anyone who tries to get away with anything and they want to make sure that they pay and that they know they did something wrong. Um, anyone who breaks the rules has to be caught. Now, that's not true. That stereotype isn't true. I've I've been to a lot of churches and met a lot of people, uh, and they're wonderful, caring. But it's true that in the church... And in society, there are people who are housed who do carry that. And for some people, the church seems to give the message in the Bible. Some people take the Bible, and that's the message they think is there. And so they use it, and so that's where the stereotype comes from. There, uh, there's no question there are, there are people who do that, who say, this is what we have to live with. There are, these are the rules we're given, and you've got to follow those rules. And if you don't follow those rules, God's going to get you at the very minimum. But I'm going to make sure I get you too. You know, I'm going to... Some way, and, 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 and that's how Christianity is pegged. In some ways, as I said, that stereotype is precipitated by, by people. This idea that that's what Christians are. People who are looking for you to mess up. And they're going to point their finger. It's why a lot of people don't like to come to church you know, to the building, wherever they can, because they feel guilty and they know someone's going to tell them that they did wrong. And, and then we read this parable today and you see that about God, you know, torturing you and locking up. It's like, yeah, see, that's what it's all about. But that's not what it's about. We we got to put it uh, in, in the proper context. Uh, And the proper context is, is where we begin to understand where all of this fits. The proper context is the grace and love of God. That parable that was read today, you can't take that out and read that and go, God's like this king. Well, actually, God's not like the king at all. Uh, But in some ways, yes, there is a a story there. Um, That God sacrificed everything, gave his only son, so that we can be... Reconnected to God because of our own selfish greed, desire, sin, whatever you want to call it we 've separated ourselves and chased off and and for a long time, God worked over what how, do, how can I bring us back people back together, people back in relationship to me why is there and, and so the the ultimate answer was i 'll just give of myself i 'll come and live as a human being and suffer for no reason other than to die for others—that's that's the simple message of of the uh, of the Bible. The whole Old Testament is pointing toward loving God, loving your neighbor, by God displaying this love. Now, in it, we anthropomorphize God; we we make God seem human-like, and so God sometimes gets angry and goes, "Oh, you bad kids!" You know, or whatever the case is. But the, the greater context is the grace and the love of God. Right. So, in that parable that was read. And that's the whole point and, and I'm gonna unpack some of the money parts so we get that here. Uh, what was the oh bags of gold. That was the translation. I never heard that translation. Which one was that? Do it does anyone know? The new New International. Okay, okay. Um, it's trying to get away more away from these Greek translations like talent. It's like what's a talent? I'm a talented person, that's how we use it, right? Look, I can juggle I can't juggle or things, so I'm not talented. But some people are talented, right? Um, but the Greek word there that's talking about is, 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 is talent. And a talent is, is, a, is, a, is, an amount, is an amount of money. We don't measure in talent, so we don't get it. But I think it's approximately about 20 years of a regular person's wage. So if you worked for 20 years uh, and you saved up every penny that you worked for, that's a talent. Right? It's just a measure of money. So how much is that? How much do, how much do, what's the average, what do, what do people make? Does anyone want to do a calculation for us? How much would you have after 20 years of working? So how much do you make in a year? Hmm? Two mil after. Two mil, yeah, after deductions, That's nice, yeah, that's nice. This guy's a liar. <laughs> <laughs> but a good sense of humor. Well, maybe he does. I don't know, I, but well, most people don't make that. But you know, do the calculation and say, okay, you know, how much do I make in a year? You know, how much do I gross? Forget all these taxes. and How much do you gross? Right? How much money was, was uh, listed on your paycheck or however it gets listed? Um, so that's, that's, that's a talent. And then how much did this fellow owe? It's actually related to the song. It was not related, but the numbers related to the, one of the songs we sang. I found that kind of interesting. Anyone know? 10,000. Okay, so 10,020 years. How long is that? 200,000 years? So if you worked for 200,000 years and you didn't spend it, you didn't buy groceries, you didn't pay your rent, you didn't put any money, gas in the car, you didn't buy a car, you just put that money aside, it would, after 200,000 years, you could pay back that debt. Right? The whole point is it's meant to be astronomical in the story. Just this massive amount. And the king just, you know, now in this story, the the fellow pleads. The king calls him and says, you owe this to me. And and again, God doesn't do that. God took the initiative first and said, I'm going to, I'm going to, I'm going to solve this and and I'm going to do it by by hurting myself. That's the grace and love of God. But again, the, the, so the story is set in that context, but it's telling a human story and it's trying to make it humorous. It's trying to catch your attention. So then it, it you know has the king call him in there and the, and the king goes, okay, you owe me 200,000 years of, of a salary. Pay it now or I'm going to sell you. I'm going to sell your wives. And this this was normal practice in that day and age. We don't have debtors' prisons anymore. Our, we We just declare bankruptcy. I'm bankrupt. Oh, well, you're off the hook then. Uh, (laughs) Didn't have that then, right? So, you know, basically your life is over. It's done. And so he pleads, please, please have mercy. I'm paying you back. I'm doing the best I can. It will only take 200,000 years. I'll get it. Well, it will take longer because he can't pay his whole salary, so... You know, a million years, whatever. These numbers make no sense anymore after a certain point, right? Because you can't live longer than you do live and then keep having those lifetimes. So he owes that much money, right? And and then the king says, not only says, okay, not only does he say, that's fine, I'm not going to sell you off, but what does he say? Debt's gone. It's gone. Could you imagine if your banker showed up and not only said, okay, I know you missed a payment, and, but I'm not only am I not going to take your house, but I'm, I'm just right. I'm going to write the debt off. I've got a little line here on my ledger. I'll just write it off there. Could you imagine that? Now, some of you perhaps have your houses paid off and you're thinking, oh, I worked hard to pay my house off. You know, no one better get their house paid off. I did all the work. And that's kind of the, the, uh, the, the, the idea that's behind this, right? You know, This idea of, of measuring what other people got or didn't get. So this guy goes out. But is he happy and skipping and going, Ooh, 200,000 years, I'm free. No, he walks on and to a to a guy who goes, hey, you owe me five bucks. And what does the story say? I'm not going to do it to you, but <laughs> grabs him by the neck. That's the Homer moment, right? Homer with Bart. Why, you little, right? Grabs the guy by the neck and chokes him. You owe me. And I think it's about three months. You know, It talks about it in Denarii, and I can't remember what the translation said there, but three months of of stuff versus 200,000 years. Three months. I'm collecting my pen just so no one trips on it. So again, it's meant to be humorous and to shock people and go, what kind of idiot would do that? He should have just you only owe me three months. You're, you're forgiven. And, and the interesting thing we need to pay attention to in this story is the guy's not told that he has to go and forgive everyone who owes him money. Right? He didn't have to release that guy from his debt. Um, you know, again, as the parable is telling. And we don't, you don't want to put too much. on. it, just highlighting some things that we might read into it and think are there it's he strangles this guy and then he throws him in the prison that he's just been freed of and sells his family off or whatever and says okay now you're going to work there until and, and the money's going to get paid to me until it, the debt's paid off completely right it's just ludicrous and that's 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 the context that's the context you know this generous forgiveness is given not only do you not have to pay and you're not going to go to jail i it just it's gone I mean, we think 40 years, 60 years, however long it takes to pay off our house if we're ever going to pay it off. I just say let our kids pay it off, you know. <laughs> Live large. No, no, I don't. I don't. I don't say that. That's a joke. I'm trying to have a sense of humor, right? I'm not quite there. You'll have to help me out later. But it was just this it's just massive forgiveness, the grace and love of God. It's just, it's so amazing. You cannot, you can't even put it into numbers. So you have to come up with all these ludicrous, crazy numbers. But that's the whole point. And then the fact that we would hold a grudge against someone. Why? Because they owe you? No, it's true. People do terrible, terrible things. And sometimes those things are done to you. And sometimes it's intentional. And sometimes it's not intentional. In fact, the song we're going we're to end with today is going to, uh, there's a story that surrounds it, and I don't, we're not going to probably get into it today, but if you want to ask later, you can find out, and, and, you know, but it's, the song is Forgiveness, and it's by Matthew West, I was going to say Kenneth West, but it's Matthew West, by Matthew West, Forgiveness by Matthew West, now don't start googling it now, but take note of it, write it down somewhere, put it in your uh, thing, but Forgiveness by Matthew West, there's a whole story behind that, and uh, about a, 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 the song is about a woman whose daughter was killed by a drunk driver and then her forgiveness of that individual. People do horrible things. There's no question. There's no question that people do, have done things to you and to me. And sometimes they're small little things and sometimes they're big things. But in all of that, it just says when you put that in this other context the only thing that makes sense is to just let it go and in fact from a from a just a human perspective and one of the things i wanted to do in preparation for this message was to talk to a, a counselor and a psychologist and just say you know on a human level when you're talking about tell me about forgiveness and what it, but i didn't get to that so um you'll have to do that that's your homework go talk to them and find out but the value of forgiving, what it does to humans to let go of things rather than hang on to bitterness and anger and hurt for years. The whole That's the whole point. We're really good at doing it. I know people who can hang on to not just things done against them, but things done against other people. I remember when I was a teenager, just just new to the whole Christian faith, and I was singing the songs about... Uh, these are songs that you guys probably don't know or some of you do, but one of them was, He paid a debt he did not owe, and I owed a debt that I could not pay, right? that, and that encapsulates this. Um, and we have some songs now that we sing. We sang one last week uh, about forgiveness. I am forgiven because he, Jesus, was forsaken, right? And, and, and just, and I, I was on that high, and that's how this person, you know, in the parable, that's how this guy, he should have been on this high, singing this song, I, yeah, I owed a debt, and it's gone, and life is amazing, but instead he's choking people, and, and we, we do that as humans, and, and I remember uh, There was some stuff that happened in our church, as happens in any human relationship. It happens in families. It happens in churches. No matter where you go, you you connect with people at work. People are going to do things against other people, intentionally and not intentionally, and it's going to hurt. And something had happened between two people, and it had caused a huge problem. And then we there was a something was shared in the message, and I and I saw afterwards those two people went and they talked for a while. And then they hugged afterwards. And I remember looking and thinking, what a wonderful symbol of forgiveness and letting go. And then the one guy who had done the wrong in the first place came down and he, he came over towards where I was. And just as he came there, this, this person, uh, I was even going to give their gender, but I won't, because um, it doesn't matter. We're all the same, came running up and laid into that guy. Do you know what you've done to that guy? Do you know? And I sit, thought there, listen, I thought, I just saw them talking and hugging and she carried that and brought it over to him. Uh, we're, we're amazing uh, at doing that as humans. Hanging on to little things, you know, husbands and wives. You start keeping track of, well, he did this, she said that, she didn't say this, he didn't do that. Uh, we just do it all the time. We're, we're calculating, measuring our co-workers. We're really good at hanging on to this stuff. And that's the whole point here. Just let it go. Just let it go. When you look at the larger context and, and when you look at the larger picture. But in all of that, I just I want to end with a, a couple of comments here. I, I started by saying, you know, let, let's use the term letting go and forget about us and forget And I don't think I've been consistent in my talking about doing that, so I apologize. Uh, and forgive me. No, sorry. Let go of that. On my... Don't hold that against me if it hurts you. But sometimes when I've heard this talked about, and in, 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 uh, I've been uh, been around, and heard discussions on this, and I've read a lot on the on the topic, and and sometimes people try and say, "Well, okay, well, we're supposed to let go. You know, forgive," is the term that's used. What does that mean? Well, how does God do it? And then they look at that and they go, okay, well, we need to do that. And then you get some, you know, you need to forgive and forget. And, and you like, I'm going to erase it from my mind because God, you know, forgets about it. You, we can't do that. You can't, and, and that's the, the whole thing here is, is it's not talking about that, right? It's not saying you're God. Make sure you do it this way. Uh, we're not, we're not in charge of ultimate things. We're not, we don't have to decide whether someone, um, We'll get their pay back, their due. I just want to make sure they get there. If I, if I know that they're going to get it in the end, I'll let it go. No, we're not in charge of any of that. The only responsibility we're given in these passages is to release. It's the only thing we're given. Not make sure you follow up and make sure that they were truly repentant and uh, wait until they come on their knees, you know. And again, that's where the, the, the parable loses its, its parallel because we're not called the crawl on our knees and beg. And we certainly can't demand that of other people, regardless of what they've done. Now, but that doesn't mean, and it's, so this isn't some loophole that someone goes, okay, well, I can do anything against you. Now that I know that about you, I can do anything to you, and you have to forgive me. And the answer is yes, I, I have to let go. But, but that doesn't mean there won't be consequences for the things you do. And we're not always in a place where we're, we're meant to follow up on those consequences, but sometimes are. Sometimes we might need to, to, uh, to speak at a hearing where someone is being called to charges and some of that, those charges were against us or all of it. And, and doing that doesn't mean you haven't forgiven them. You know when you're hanging on to something. The best illustration I can have for this is parents and kids. And it, it's not perfect, but it, it's pretty good because kids are pretty cute. Right? Pretty cute. And so when a kid does something wrong, and there are a lot of kids here, and we need to remember they're working with them, so i got to wrap up my my, uh, my talking here. They're working with them now. They're chewing on their legs upstairs as we speak in the nursery. They're bawling and pooping and doing things, and, and uh, so we'll wrap up. But we'll talk about kids to wrap up. They're cute. They're wonderful. And most parents, and if you don't, then become this kind of parent, you don't. You don't hold things against your kid. That's the third time he's spit up on my good carpet. You know. Now you're in for it. Uh, I remember last year you did. You know, you bit me when I stuck my finger and tried to get that food on you. You bit me, and I'm going to pay you back. I right? know. Unfortunately, some people do that. I, you know, occasionally you hear uh, stories, but that's that's the rarity. The reality is. We don't hold things against our kids. We let that stuff go. But it doesn't mean we don't discipline them. It doesn't mean if they do something... We don't forget that they did something. This is the 10th time in a row they've done that thing. We realize, okay, now I need to really address that. And there might be consequences for those children. But that's the difference, right? We're not... We're, we're, our responsibility there is—we're is letting go. We're not, you know, and, and there's still discipline. So forgiving, letting go—whatever term we use—it's not about, oh, uh, well, now I can't follow through on any of this stuff. No, it's not about that. It's about in the in the story that that is behind this the song forgiveness the 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 lady's ability to to forgive that man led to some other things now i'm not to me those things are separate she actually has lobbied for his his sentence his prison sentence to be reduced um, to me those are two separate things but she wouldn't be able to do that if she hadn't been in a place where she let go you don't owe me there might still be responsibility in that, and to me those are those are different things whether someone should be released early is a different question um but if she were there going, to eat, you know, there's no forgiveness there. Regardless of when he gets released or doesn't get released, we know when we're holding on to things. And that's the whole point of, and that's why this keeps getting hammered in in these passages in Matthew. It's not really about the fact that God wants to torture us or lock us up or whatever. It's, it's, it's a reminder. You are in grace and forgiveness. If you're the kind of person who in that midst is hanging on to things... You need to let go. You need to let it go. It's not healthy for you. And it's not in line with the kind of forgiveness that we have received from God and God's forgiveness is extended to the whole world and we're not the ones we're not in charge of hanging on to deciding whether people deserve or don't deserve things think of the the story in Luke 23 uh, of when Jesus is being crucified he's on the cross and there's a, a criminal on either side of him one of them it turns out they both deserve what they get is what is said but one of them it turns out is still bitter and angry and he says some nasty things at Jesus and Jesus ignores him this other guy on the other side says to the fellow he says hey Don't say anything about him. We're getting what we deserve. He was innocent. He doesn't deserve to be where he is. And what does Jesus do in that moment? He says to this guy, Today you're with me in paradise. Because in his heart, that man, he he was paying for what he had done. We're not told what it was, and it's probably good, or we'd say, Well, if the people like this can be forgiven. We're not in charge of that. final statement on this as, as we as we conclude here is this as much as i say forgiveness is about letting go it's not easy right you know most of us are like this okay i let it go oh how'd that get there right you know, like the uh the uh, in the lord of the rings if any of you are lord of the rings fans either the book or the movies uh you know bilbo has got the 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 ring the one ring and it's it, it's got him. It's got its grip on him. And he says he's going to give it to Gandalf. But then later, he's about to go out the door, and Gandalf says, hey, where's that ring you said you're going to give me? Oh, didn't I give that to you? Oh, 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 I, I do have it right here. And, it, and, and it, it is like that. You don't just go, okay, I'm going to forgive. That's the model that we need to have. But it takes work. It takes character. It takes practice. Uh, it takes daily working at it. And as I was working on this message, I realized... Wow, this is something that I can really work on too, just on all levels. I don't think I'm carrying huge amounts of bitterness and anger inside me, but I realize I, I start. As you get older in life, you start measuring things more, and you, you know, and you start. Well, I had to do this. Why? And you all those things, and I, I realize there's a lot. I, I've got some letting go to do. I've got some practice to do. Uh, you know, let it go. Still, let it go. And finally, at some point, you're able to. And then the next time, it's easier. And then the next time, it's easier. And pretty soon, you're, you're barely hanging on to things before they're, they're, they're gone. And that's ultimately what this is, is about. Uh, letting go. So I've got some to do. My question for you. This is between you. This is God talking to us. It's not me telling you, you better forgive. God says to us, I've forgiven you. You ought to be living that same kind of life in relation to others. So the question that I leave with you before God is, what about you?